What's up, guys? It's the So I Was Thinking Podcast. We're back. Fully face checking his Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> today's episode is gonna be a banger. I don't know how people <laughs> don't think that we don't do drugs because, I mean, maybe they do. But every episode, you start on some <laughs> weird tangent that no one's on the same page as you. You're in your own little world, and you're giggly, and you're whatever. I'm doing the I'm doing the intro. This is how this is how you make it big on YouTube. You just don't understand the grind. All right, this is what you gotta do. Okay. Hey guys, click the links down below to buy merch. Like us. You're yelling. <laughs> See, you're yelling at the people again. <laughs> This is so bad. Like and subscribe. Wow. Thumbnail. Picture <laughs> um, here. Uh, hey guys, what's up? Thanks for tuning in this week to the Soul Singer Podcast. I'm Felipe, joined by my co-host, uh, Rowan uh, PCP Keeley. I again. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I gotta get one. No, you don't. You don't. <laughs> we could stop with the drug references because it's the opposite of what we talk about. Is it, does it just have to be drugs or does it have to be PCP specifically? All of them, all of the ones. So I only need to be, or so I have to be on every drug. No, you shouldn't be on any. <laughs> Too late. Anyway. <laughs> You're on ibuprofen right now because you have a headache, and I'm about to be on ibuprofen because you are my physical embodiment of a headache right now. Hurtful. I'm going to cry when I go home. We are home. <laughs> anyway, uh, we are a month into the new year. Are we really? Wow. Man, it's that's crazy to think. It feels like it was the... Uh, Ninth, just like yesterday. <laughs> By the way, the code uh, for our merch is still up and running. Is it? Hap- yeah, why not? <laughs> Happy New Year. This is the first go, time I'm hearing about it. Go to this. the com. hit buy some merch or whatever I have it labeled as, and hit use the code Happy New Year to get some merch. You'll get 10% off. And you'll be supporting the podcast. Also, in the meantime, support our podcast. If you go to our website, SoilSinkingPodcast.com. By the way, we have a website, SoilSinkingPodcast.com. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's really simple. You open up your favorite browser, you go to SoilSinkingPodcast.com, and then uh, you can look at all the tabs. You can find all of our social media, the Facebook, MySpace. Uh, you should put them, uh, maybe, I don't know what's going to do this out. Anyway, uh, brain fart so then uh do all the things on our website you can find all our social media you can listen to all the episodes you can do all the things yeah from so i was thinking podcast.com it's really cool anyway uh we have been doing the bible in 30 days ron and i it is my uh fourth year doing it uh it's rowan's first full year hopefully yes. by the time this episode comes out yeah although he's doing better than i am most of the time oh yeah i'm a professional shredder yeah um, my nickname in high school was um shredder um because of how well i could shred 
And by shredding, I mean reading the Bible in 30 days. Yeah. I'm an absolute fiend. You should see me in action. Sure. Hit me up. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, today's episode... Um, no, go on. Were you going to say something? I was going to say shout out, shout out Pastor Kevin because I'll shred with him. But as of this episode, I don't know where he's at with his shred. As of the recording of this episode. Or as... As of whenever this episode gets out, I don't know where he's at, but as of recording, I'm ahead of him by like three or four or five or six days. Just four days. <laughs> Just four days. So holler at your boy. <laughs> don't so you me. didn't get to talk to him in person, so you did it on the podcast. Yeah, so I'm dissing him in private. Okay. <laughs> Um, anyway, he's going to listen to this and beat me up. <laughs> I, it would be funny to watch. Anyway, this episode, um, we are talking about the idea of what we build our lives on. And I think it's interesting, uh, that so many people build their lives on so many different things. So many people found, find the value of their lives in their work ethic or in their job or in their bank account or how many followers they have. But We've kind of touched this on this uh, touched on this topic when we did the Sermon on the Mount series, uh, and we got to Matthew chapter seven. But we're gonna take a different look at this this time around because um, Jesus made some very specific claims about himself, and he said that his uh, he is and his words are trustworthy and true, and there are something that we can build our lives on, and so um, we're gonna take a look at some of those things. Let's get right into it. Um, so, like Jesus said, or we're gonna start this episode off. Sorry, my mind's all over the place. That ibuprofen um, does not mix well with ginger ale. Um, but, <laughs> uh, hopefully I'm not pregnant, <laughs> but we're going to start this episode off with Matthew seven, uh, 24 through 27. And this is just going to give us, uh, the kind of the prompt of what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. So starting with 24, it says, uh, this is Jesus, uh, speaking and, um, he's giving a parable to, um, his disciples. Right? No, yeah. This is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. End of the Sermon on the Mount. And <laughs> he's preaching this. This is a parable. He says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not follow them will be like a foolish man who has built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Right? So Jesus is saying that like it would be wise to hear his word and build our life on it because it's like building our house on a solid foundation rather than uh, basing it off of like what the world says, what culture says, what your friends say, because all those things, they're like sand, right? They shift and slide. They're not sturdy. You can't ground anything in them, right? And they change all the time, right? You see what was acceptable in the 1700s is definitely not 
acceptable like today. Like you see the world switches its view all the time, but God's word has rung true uh, for Jesus's words have rung true for 2000 years. And God's uh, not that God and Jesus are different people, but um, well, that's a you whole know Trinity thing. We, we're not getting into it. We won't episode. get into it. <laughs> um, but like God's words have been ringing truer for even longer than 2000 years since the beginning of time. You could have started out with that. I don't know why he didn't. But, like, we need to, like, he's proven, he's kind of proven himself to have, like, words that stick around for a while. And so we need to ground ourselves on what Jesus said. And today we're going to talk about a little bit about what did Jesus actually say? And who is Jesus? And why is that important? Why should we build our life on what Jesus says? Why not Gandhi? Yeah, why not Gandhi, right? Because, well, no, that's the truth. Um, why not Martin Luther King? Why not, uh, you know, Steve Jobs? Why don't we build our lives on what these people have said? Why don't we build our lives on, you know, like the the occult? Why don't we build our ho- our lives on, you know, like somebody with a Ouija board or tarot cards or whatever? Or why don't we build our lives on the Republican Party or the Democratic Party or the, or the Libertarian Party or the Tea Party? Or why don't we build our ha- our lives on the Joe Rogan podcast? You know what I'm saying? Like, why don't we build our lives on other things um, as opposed to building our lives on who Jesus is and the words of Jesus? And I think the answer uh, is a little, it, well... It's not simple and it should cause you to dig deep into every little thing that Jesus has said and look at what they said. By the way, uh, scrolling on TikTok, I'm going to go on a rant here right off the bat. Uh, People take things like these. I'm going to real strong tangent here. Uh, There is a wave of progressive Christianity, whatever that means, uh, on TikTok Uh, And just in the media and like social media in general that preaches a new gospel that says that God's words have changed and our understanding of them has changed because new revelation has been out there. And now that we're older or now that we're wiser and more advanced, we see the reality of what Jesus said and we live in the new reality of what Jesus said and blah, 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 blah. and, And all of these things and they're pulling random verses out of context and building theology on things that are not true that if you take and you cross-reference things they will completely uh against anything that jesus has said and it's full of nonsense and we don't build our lives on that crap either i wanted to use stronger language because of how strongly i feel about this but it's not necessary anyway uh, these people are preaching things like, you know, Jesus just taught us to be nice. Jesus said that, you know, I, oh my God, the guy on, what was the one, the John three sixteen guy that God, do you remember? No, I don't know why I said no like that, but no, I don't the, remember. the John three sixteen guy is like, God, uh, Tells us that we're all gods and whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Do you remember that TikTok video? The oh. guy with the rainbow scarf that he was wearing in church. Him. I don't know about him, but I know uh, Stephen Furtick did a... Um, when God said, I am, he was telling us that we are. And he's like, what's your I am statement? And I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, because we're gonna wrong. get we're gonna get into what I am means to Jesus and God and stuff like that. 
Yeah, so we have all of these leaders and teachers and people on the TikToks preaching this fake narrative and trying to get us to build our lives on it. And I promise you, if you build your life on a lie, you will get face to face with God Almighty and you will be held accountable for everything that you believe and that you built on wrongly. Um, that might be strong, but I'm telling you so that you don't fall for the nonsense. Uh, Jesus was very divisive. Jesus made claims about himself that were unique, that caused you to, like, he split the aisle. Jesus was not playing games. Jesus did not play a safe social, social justice gospel. He was bringing the kingdom of God and he was building his righteousness and he was building his way of doing things. And it's completely contrary to what some of these people are saying on the Facebooks and the TikToks and the Instagram. Instagrams, and you need to cut that nonsense out and you need to read the word of God and you need to dissect it and you need to interpret it rightly. Otherwise, you're going to get into some weird stuff. Anyway, what are we, 13 minutes into an episode and I just now finished up a rant? That's how you know it's going to be good. Uh, Matthew chapter 16. Uh, Jesus is hanging out with his disciples at this place called Tessariah of Philippi and he's standing at this place. Uh, you know, like that they're just sitting around conversing and talking and, and Caesarea Philippi was also a place that at one time had an altar dedicated to another God. And so Jesus is also making a statement here, but we're going to talk about the specific words that Jesus says that he has in this conversation here. And so he's sitting down with his disciples starting in verse, what are we starting in? Uh, verse 13. No, I erased the one by accident. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, not on Peter, because Peter also means rock. Uh, and, and the Catholic Church has taken it to mean that he was the first pope. But we believe that uh, that on this rock, we're talking about the confession of Peter, that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he struck, strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. The last two verses we're, we're going to ignore for a little bit. There's more mystery there, but Jesus tells the disciples, I am the Christ. Peter confirms it. Peter declares it. And Jesus says it was through the revelation of God, through the revelation of the Holy Spirit and the Father. And, and Jesus says, absolutely right. I'm building my church on this confession that I am the son of the living God. I am Christ. I am exactly who I say I am. And I think it's important that we understand that this isn't the first time that Jesus has made some ridiculous claim about himself that is proven true in his life, death and resurrection. Um, and, and, uh, so we need to understand, and I think this episode, we're going to look at some of the other things. We're not gonna look at every single little thing that Jesus said about himself. We've picked a few, uh, and because these things 
matter and these are the things that we can build our lives on these are the things that when all else fails if these are our foundational truths our lives will not fall along with it because we're putting our lives and we're putting our faith and we're making our foundation the confession and the truth of jesus christ yeah and to kind of go along with like the tangent you just went on um my bad prior to reading no it's the progressive christianity is just kind of it's all just like very i don't want to say inclusive it's all self-centered it's very selfish it right it's what do i want what what are my goals how does god fit into my narrative right and i think this verse is a difficult verse for people like that because we don't get to say i am christ son of the living god right we don't get to Ooh. say that. Only Jesus gets to say it. And the rock on which the church stands is the declaration of Christ as Lord. And like reading that for the first time, Christ means like the title Christ. It's not Jesus's last name. It means uh, the anointed one. Correct? Yep. Yeah. So it means the anointed one. So Jesus isn't saying like, I Ron Keeley, nice to meet you, right? He's not saying that's not what he means by like I am Christ, right? He's saying I'm the anointed one, I'm the Messiah, I've come to save you, I'm the one that God's promised from the very beginning. Like all this stuff, like he's making a power statement. He's not he's not just saying his last name. And I think that's so powerful that like the rock on which the church is founded on is the declaration of like uh, Jesus's um, divinity and his like place at the seat of like the divine trinity or whatever. I'm putting a lot of big words, but like I think this is so powerful and I think it's hard for people to hear because it's humbling, right? It's us saying you are king, you are in charge, you are the creator, right? I give my life to you. I let go of everything that I want, right? And I give it to you, right? And I think people aren't ready to hear that. People don't like hearing you're not in control. People don't like hearing, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it's funny because I have a hard time hearing that as well. But, like, people don't like hearing or people don't like living out, letting go and giving control to God and giving our, like, past mistakes and our even our triumphs, right? If we succeed triumphs what did i say triumphs <laughs> triumphs umphs uh <laughs> like we don't let like if we win if we succeed right last episode we talked about failure on the opposite spectrum like when we succeed we also don't like giving that to god right but uh we sh- wow, what is that verse i was gonna sound so smart saying it for all things be the glory to christ uh, <laughs> something like that. I'll go like in everything we do, let it glorify Christ, right? Oh yeah, I don't have it either. <laughs> but like, I thought I was gonna come in and save you. But yeah, I, I thought I you know did. What you're talking about, but I, I know it. But I <laughs> no, but like even in our triumphs, even when we succeed, even when we like go above and beyond, we should still be using that to glorify God because He is Christ. He is King. He is the Creator. Yada yada yada. You get it. No, don't yada 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 that one. Um, 
I've been wanting to sneak this verse into an episode for so long. Uh, and the reason why is I think it is the most gangster thing. And hear me out. Jesus didn't walk around with like a New York Yankees, like snapback hat, you know, like a giant puffy North face coat and Tim's. I got some Tim's. Uh, and, uh, you know, like Jesus wasn't walking around wearing a blue or a red flag around his, you know, outside his pocket or around his head or around his neck. Okay. He wasn't throwing up signs or whatever. But Jesus was absolutely gangster. And John chapter eight, Jesus has the most gangster thing. And like Jesus did some really gangster stuff like Jesus walked into the temple and saw that people were mistreating the house of God. He made a whip. He started flipping tables. He was like whipping people. People ran away, feared and in fear and terrified of what he was doing. Like Jesus was raising people from the dead. Jesus talked to demons and said, shush. Jesus like was standing on boats and telling storms to shut up. And they stopped. Start like Jesus did some gangster things. But John chapter eight, verses 56 through 58. Let me tell you something. The most gangster thing Jesus has ever said, I think, in my opinion. This is probably one of my favorite verses in all of the Gospels, right? So let me give you some backstory. So Jesus had been arguing with the Pharisees a little bit, and they're going back and forth, and, and they're telling Jesus about the promise of Abraham and how great Abraham was, and that they are his descendants, and that they're great, and blah, blah, blah. And Jesus is just sitting there listening and, and he acknowledges the greatness of Abraham. Like Jesus was there with Abraham. That's the crazy part, right? Uh, and, and Jesus then finishes with this final statement. And in my mind, he does a mic drop. But this is John chapter 8 verses 56 through 58. He says, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. And he's talking about the promise of, of G like God had promised so much to Abraham. The biggest promise was that um, all the world would be blessed through his descendants. Well, finally, all the world is about to be blessed through his descendants because from his descendants, uh, from his lineage came Jesus, right? And so Jesus is talking about the fulfillment of his promise. And Abraham saw it and believed in it from a distance because of faith and through faith. And, and he said that, uh, Abraham saw it and he was glad. And then the Jews and the Pharisees, they were arguing with him, said to him, you aren't even 50 years old yet. Have you seen Abraham? And, and because like Jesus was talking about Abraham as if he hung out with Abraham yesterday. Right. And, and Jesus says, uh, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. Boom, mic drop. And like the Bible says that he ran away because they were trying to kill him, you know, but that is the most gangster statement. And we're going to unpack this really quick so that you understand why this is so intense and why this is so essential for you to know and understand and maybe love this verse as much as I do. When God introduced himself to Moses, and this was years after the promise to Abraham. And, and this is the, like the God that had made the promise to Abraham finally shows up again in Egypt in the middle of like the, the uh, Hebrews slavery. And he says, I've heard my people's cry and I'm coming to rescue them. And he shows up in Egypt, does all of these signs and wonders, rescues the children of Israel, rescues the promised descendants of Abraham, like with a might, like completely destroys the nation, the economy and the, and the, uh, um, 
government of Egypt in one swoop. Uh, and then these people go conquer this new land. But when God showed up to Moses, Moses didn't grow up a Hebrew, really, because he grew up in Pharaoh's palace. And so he's talking to God through this burning bush. And, and just to be sure that they're on the same page, uh, like Moses asked God, who should I say sent me? And God says, you should tell them that I am sent you. God identifies himself as I am. The same God that made the promise to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, that was with the Israelites in Egypt for 400 years, and that now talks to Moses, that led them in, into the promised land, that gave them Canaan, that helped them uh, conquer victories. The same God that spoke to David, the same God that anointed Saul, the same God that rescued people from the hand of the Babylonians and from the Philistines and from the Canaanites. Like that same God, I am. That is his name. And like this is history. This is thousands of years of history of them knowing their God, the God, the one true living God as I am. And Jesus says, yo, before Abraham was, I am. Yeah. That was a... No words, honestly. <laughs> oh, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just like... I think Jesus says like these powerful things and Jesus would have people think Jesus would have liked it here today. I think he would because everything people get by by like just shock factor, right? You should, like look on YouTube. It's like I blew up a Walmart. It's like, well, obviously I have to click on it. This is Jesus's way of saying like I blew up a Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Sure, let's go with that example. I just translate everything you say into Gen Z. Sure. He's like, what up, my gangsters? Um, it's your boy, um, Jesus68. Um, that was close. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, yeah, that's good. Uh, but that is not the, um, I don't know how you wanted to transition this. But that's not no, the no, only... No. What do you have? Do you have anything to add to this? Because otherwise I could keep going. No, keep going. Okay. You're doing great. Uh, and this is... Like, if we're talking about the things that Jesus said and the things that we should build our lives on, we should absolutely look at this verse, highlight this verse, get it tattooed on your big toe if you have to, because Jesus says, I am. Jesus in this moment. Oh, also another tangent. There was this TikTok that I saw that Jesus said he was never God. Jesus made a claim right here to be somebody that only one oh, other no, person no. has ever made a claim to be. The the TikTok was even better. It said, um, if we want to be better Christians, we need to stop worshiping Jesus because Jesus never asked to be worshiped. Jesus said we need to worship God. That was the TikTok. So much better. Sorry. Oh, well, we saw that one too, but I've also seen a TikTok oh, where really? Jesus is like, it was like, Jesus never said he was God. And it's like, uh, yes, he did. John chapter eight, verses 56 through 58, verse 58. Jesus says, truly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. Jesus makes the biggest claim about himself in those two words, or actually, uh, before Abraham was, I am in five words, 
Jesus makes the biggest claim about himself because he is not putting himself on the same level as Elijah. He's not putting himself on the same level as Moses. He's not putting himself on the same level as Abraham or any of the other prophets or any of the other heroes of the faith that the Israelites had had up until this point. He is saying, I am greater than them. I am. I am. Like, that is who I am. If you're going to listen to anything that I say, listen to this. Like, honestly, like this, he wasn't, he wasn't, this wasn't just a grammatical error. This wasn't taken out of context. This wasn't like something that he just said flippantly. Like, this was super intentional. And he used those words specifically because the Israelites and the people sitting there around him would have heard those words and immediately known that he was making a claim to be God. Yeah, it's good. What else did Jesus say? John chapter 8, chapter 8, uh, 12 through just 12. just 12 through 12. Your way of organizing your verses is really fun. Yeah. John chapter 8, verse 12. It says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. I think this is really powerful because like you think about, and I might just be pulling this out of my butt here, but like you think about how like useful light was back then. Like now, like now, but like think about it back then in the context of when Jesus was saying this, right? You couldn't do anything right now. We have, like floodlights and all this stuff. But like when it was nighttime, all you had was like a candle and that's all you had to like get you through the darkness. And so like Jesus saying this, and I'm sure there's much more like spiritual, whatever, whatever behind like what he's saying, but just like the analogy of I'm the light of the world. Like I am the one thing that's I'm the only thing that will guide you through the darkness. I'm the only thing that will illuminate like what sin really does. I'll only uh, allu- I'm the only one who will illuminate like uh the wrong like where there's wrong in this world, right? Cuz again, back to what I was saying earlier about like this whole passage just being humbling, like we want to be that light, right? We want to know what's right and wrong. We want to know like we want to be the light that like shows you where you're wrong and shows you like where the skeletons are in your closet, right? But like we can't. That is primarily a reserve for Jesus. Like Jesus is the light. Jesus is the one. Jesus is the only one who can be the light of the world, who can show everybody the way. And I think that's the most powerful well, I thing I got. I want to you there just for fun, just because Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And he says to his disciples, no, you are the light of the world. A city shining on a hill. So I was. Salt of the earth. <laughs> I was gonna transition. Oh. You know. Jesus's "I am" statement applies to us. So what are oh, we? <laughs> well, but in in the case this one does, but at the same time, if we're talking in the context of what do we build our lives on, I think this whole world is is just dark, right? Like, and. I think in this instance, it's Jesus is more of a lighthouse, right? Like when we're stumbling, struggling to find our way, there's Jesus in the darkness of our sin, in the darkness of our depravity, in the darkness of our our, our lostness and brokenness and all of that. What? You said R-R-R. 
Wolf. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? And uh, uh, all of depravity. and all of our brokenness and and what we're trying, like us trying to make our way, stumbling through the dark, trying to find something concrete. Jesus is the light of the world. In Him, we don't have darkness. In Him, like think about how confusing light is or darkness is. You know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever? I did a what? Not a haunted house. We did a haunted house too. But what's a uh, escape room? Yeah. yeah, we did an escape room and we didn't have it started off completely dark. And in order to like start or get anywhere, we had to find a light bulb and then screw it in. Well, here's the thing. We found the light bulb and for the longest time we didn't screw it in because we didn't think maybe we should plug the light bulb into the light. You know, like if we had done that, we would have been so much further ahead. But we stumbled around in the darkness trying to find our way, looking. We were handcuffed, trying to like find a, a key to our handcuff in the darkness without doing anything. When we found the light, but we didn't plug it in. And we're trying to like make our way and fight and, and get out of this room and get out of. And this is the same thing that we do with our lives. We fight and we strive and we, 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 we go back and forth trying to build our lives, trying to do something. And we try to do it without light. And if we're going to build our lives on Jesus, he will illuminate everything in our lives so that we don't have to wonder so that we don't have to struggle. He is the light of, of the world. Just to go John chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, John, uh, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. This is a good verse. I don't know if you know anything about farm life. <laughs> no, nope. I don't. Uh, but like uh, the thing about Jesus saying that he's a good shepherd right before he gets to that statement about himself. He says, uh, listen up, I'm different than a hired hand. The hired hand, if something happens to any of these sheep, um, I he just runs away. Like, oh, well, I guess a wolf came and took that sheep. It's not my sheep, not my problem, right? And Jesus says, no, I'm the good shepherd. I will go and fight that wolf for that sheep. Um, and the good shepherd cares for his sheep. He will lay down his life for his sheep. And he did. Um, and I think it's interesting that Jesus decides to say that, like, listen, I am the good shepherd. Uh, and you, you know what the, the crazy part is? Uh, I've I had this I, I had this pastor come and speak at a church when I was growing up and he did this whole thing about sheeps and shepherd. And it was very weird. And it was very I got sick. Of, I was sick of it five minutes into it because it was so, stretching so much of the verses taking so much stuff out of context and he made people bad like sheep in the church and i was just like stop this nonsense anyway that's a little tangent uh and but he did teach some stuff that i did not know about sheep or shepherding that is really important to understand the, the context of this verse sheep um will go crazy if they are not dealt with like if you don't shear sheep they they just turn into big like matted wool things and they will die getting like they can't see where they're going they have terrible eyesight they have terrible hearing one of the worst things that can happen to sheep is uh their ears can get infested with bees and it's like and they have no way to naturally clean their ears and so what a good shepherd does is he will go and put uh oil into the the like ears of the sheep and clean them out like shepherds good shepherds take care of their their sheep and like 
it's so refreshing to know that if I put my life in Jesus, he is going to take care of me. Now, what does that mean? Like, how does that apply to my life? Uh, Jesus takes care of the ugly things in my life. Uh, I think that's how I, I mean, that's not how, how I read this verse as if I have a different interpretation of what the Bible is actually trying to say. But like when I apply this to my verse, I can trust Jesus because he's the good shepherd. He's looking out for me. He's not going to lead me down some path that's going to cause me to die. He's not going to leave me in the wilderness where things are going to go wrong and I'm just going to end up being devoured by wolves. Um, but he is going to. Did you know that? Have you ever seen that that picture of Jesus carrying the sheep over his shoulder? Yeah. Did you know that the reason why a shepherd would do that to sheep is because those are sheep that ran away. And so what they would do is they would catch that sheep. They would break its leg and they would carry the sheep on its shoulder to teach it to be dependent on the shepherd. And then after that leg was healed, then you'd put it back down and that sheep would stay close to the shepherd because the shepherd took care of the sheep. Like there's powerful imagery in this analogy of shepherding sheep. But Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I have your back. I'm not yeah. leaving you. Yeah, that's good. Um, do you want to move on? Yeah. All right. Jesus doubles down on his Christ statement. Um, and uh, for all of you doubting uh, whether or not or for all you doubting um, Jesus's uh, sovereignty and whether or not he said he was God, have fun with this one. This is in John 14. Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, um, yeah, have fun with that. <laughs> Trying to explain that. Because uh, Jesus is doubling down. I'm the way. Only way to the Father is through me. The truth. I'm the true way. Truth. And the life. You drink water that satisfies your thirst, but I'll give you water that... Makes you never thirsty. It's the water of life. Mm, what verse is that? John three sixteen. John chapter 4. I haven't gotten that part in the shred yet. No, but that's what you were quoting. The the waters, ever the living waters. Living John water. chapter 4. God, dang. But yeah, like this is Jesus. <clears throat> excuse me. This is Jesus like doubling down, making sure people know like I am statement, which is already has so much behind it. Like what uh, Felipe was explaining has so much meaning behind it because of like um, Moses, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Like, can you get any more clear than that? And this is why I'm confused why people are like, well, Jesus never said he was God. It's just like, what? Like, do you read your Bible? Like, do you, do you ever open that thing up? Like, these people are pastors and, like, reverends and all these things. And it's like, how did you get this far without reading a, bi without reading a Bible? Like, they've amassed a following as well. Like, who who is listening to this? Who, who believes this? Because, like, this is what Jesus said. And, like, this is why we read the passage at the beginning is that, like, we're supposed to, if we're, if we're to be wise... We're supposed to build our life on this. And I feel like, <laughs> unfortunately, people think they're building their life on stone when really it's just sand. I don't have a fancy, like, analogy or something. It's just, like, people th people are being confused by, like, these uh, 
quote unquote spiritual leaders who are feeding feeding them this malarkey and like people are building false doctrine on it and are ultimately going to be and are ultimately going to end up like disappointed and like why isn't God doing this for me and why isn't God doing it and it's like because that's not God you're not worshiping God you're not talking about Jesus yeah and this is one of the things that I get really frustrated with um because now, even with progressive Christianity, I saw, I, and I've seen TikToks, and trust me, these things infuriate the living daylights out of me, but uh, people that are like, no, you know what? Like, Jesus was one way to God, and Jesus says, no, I'm the way to God. You're, you're not going to find him any other way. There's nobody else. There's no uh, Muhammad. There's no Buddha. There's no Gandhi. There's no uh, tarot card. There's no Ouija board. There's nothing else that's going to. Nature isn't going to lead you to God. Uh, you know, like the trees and the, all their beauty. Uh, they're not going to lead. Jesus is the way to God. Um, and also I think it's funny that he calls himself the truth when he's being questioned by Pontius Pilate, uh, Pontius Pilate is even on a quest for truth and he asked Jesus, what is truth? Um, I, I don't know. And Jesus, uh, Jesus makes very specific claims about who he is. And those are the things that we can build our lives on. Lastly, in John chapter 11, right after Jesus, right after his friend Lazarus dies, Jesus says, that he is the resurrection and the life. Uh, and that though those uh, who believe in him may die, they will live again forever. Um, and I think it's such an important thing for us to understand. Like Jesus, not only does he make an I am statement saying I am the I am. Not only is he saying things like I am the light of the world. He also says I am the bread. Uh, uh, what is it? I am the bread of god or the bread of i don't i didn't bread of life. yeah i am i am uh i am the water something wow anyway uh he says i'm the light of the world i'm the good shepherd he has so many i am statements uh that go in line with you know like the who he's declaring himself to be but this one along with declaring that he's god he declares that he has power over death. He is the resurrection and the life. Um, and he says in John chapter 10 that the enemy came to lie, skill, lie steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, but he came that would have life and life in abundance. But Jesus promised to have power over death and over sin. Because um, as the enemy tries to destroy, Jesus says that he is life um i thought i would have a lot more for this one but uh i'm running on fumes right now too <laughs> yeah so to close it all out no but jesus says earlier like you need to die to yourself he talks about like being born again through christ and all that stuff and it's just like dying to yourself being reborn letting go of the like picking up your cross like letting go it hurts, right? Like, you're supposed to die to yourself. So, like, so I've died to myself. Now what? And through Christ and through, like, Jesus, there's restoration, right? Our wounds can be healed. Spiritual wounds, sorry. Like, 
we can restore, be restored through Christ and we can be we can have a relationship with God which is something that God has been gunning for and people have been looking forward to since the beginning of time and now Jesus is finally here and he's finally able to like fully restore that relationship between God and man or not fully restore sorry speaking out a turn here um but through Jesus's restoration and I think that is a very powerful uh I am statement and that's a good and powerful I am statement to close it on so if you enjoyed this episode right yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode please consider liking subscribing share uh with somebody you think you you would like it I'm not gonna beg you to share it please share no but um if you really want to support us uh sharing it is actually an amazing way to support us because uh we don't want your money <laughs> i do uh if you want to become a supporter you can go to our website tossingapodcast.com yes you can support us financially uh if you want something back which we want you to have something back as well we have merch uh right uh you can get that in one of our links down below or on our website we probably have so a link on there. so i was thinking podcast.com um but again like Use if you code happy new year for 10 percent off that too if you just want to support us uh in any way you can share this with your friends share this with your family uh that will help us get out there and uh i hope you have a good day um see you later alligator <laughs> peace out peace be out